trying to figure out here this morning uh, whether Brother Ramsey or myself was pastor back in 1900 down there at that old property. <clears throat> I, I, I think we might have been. So uh, that's certainly an exciting thing when you think about going back to the original location and uh, where it all was birthed and started. And here you are in this beautiful building, these facilities. Uh, certainly you have a lot to praise the Lord for and be thankful for today. Seems like forever since we have been here, uh, I did know the way. I was able to find my way this morning. Uh, the only thing that I, I need to warn you about, you know when you get up early in the morning, and we had to leave about 7 o'clock this morning to get here, you forget some things. And one of the things that I forgot was my watch. So I thought I'd better warn you about that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to take today, but uh, I'm not looking at that. I'm just not watching that clock back there. I, I thought for sure it would be removed by now. But anyhow, it sure is good to be here and to be a part of the services, and we're excited about the Scripture Assembly that is going to take place in the next uh, couple of days. These Scriptures are actually going to Columbia, South America. Uh, and some of them are going to be filtered over into Venezuela. So uh, we have a container that we're going to load here very shortly. Uh, those scriptures will be on there and going to Colombia and uh, reaching out to reach many, many souls for the Lord Jesus. Uh, not only will we have the Roman booklet on there, but we'll have 10,000 whole Bibles on that container as well, uh, along with gospel tracts in the Spanish language, uh, that will reach multitudes of people in Colombia and surrounding areas uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, another project that we have going right now is our project in Samoa Islands. Uh, we're sending Bibles over there. This will be the third printing of Bibles that we've done for the islands of Samoa. And we're placing a Bible in every single home uh, on the island. Uh, it started several years ago. Uh, the first printing was about 15,000 Bibles. Uh, the next printing was about 26,000 Bibles. This printing will also be around 26,000 Bibles as well. And uh, every home in Samoa is the goal. We're placing Bibles there. It'll take about seven different printings in order to accomplish the entirety of the island. Uh, we can produce a whole Bible for $2.50. And if you're thankful for the Bible that you have, I'm sure that you would be interested in seeing others have a Bible as well in their own language. Uh, Brother Jim Savalli is the missionary there that we're working with, and uh, we're certainly excited about what the Lord is doing there. Another project that we have going right now, just giving you a quick update here before we get into the, the Word of God, uh, we have opened a facility in Bedford, Pennsylvania, uh, we were able to acquire that building, uh, uh, it was about two years ago, and then COVID hit and it slowed the progress of getting that done. Uh, we're still in the progress of trying to get it done, but over those two years, uh, the need has grown even greater than when we first acquired that building. Now we've got to add another 5,000 square feet to that building. We're going to move the printing press from South Carolina up to Bedford. Dee and I moved there this last spring. Uh, we're living there now, and that place will be done, uh, I hope, as soon as possible, but keep that in prayer. When we discovered the price of it, I, I, I about lost everything. Uh, it's going to take uh, $550,000 uh, to put the press there and to move the, uh, uh, put the building there, move the press there, and uh, so keep that in your prayers, if you would, please, uh, that God would uh, meet those needs. Uh, we have a program going right now, 100 churches or 100 different individuals that would give $5,000. Uh, that will take care of the need of getting that press there and that building up and running. You'll also be able to come there and uh, put Bibles together. It's a little different progress uh, than what you do with the Scripture Assembly. But uh, you'll be able to come. You can bring, I noticed on the property, a number of vans. Uh, you can load those vans up and uh, bring a whole group of people up there, assemble Bibles, put them together, uh, not only collating them, but seeing them 
uh, trimmed and, and cut and uh, covers put on them. And uh, it's an exciting, exciting adventure. So uh, keep that in mind. Keep those things in prayer. And uh, we'll look forward to what the Lord is going to do. The only thing that will halt that is the rapture. And uh, uh, if he comes, uh, I'm leaving. I'm not sticking around in this old world anymore. Uh, the, the choir was singing this morning, what a day that will be uh, when my Jesus I shall see, when he takes me by the hand and he, I feel a shout coming on right now. When he leads me by the hand, takes me by the hand, leads me through the land. What a day, what a glorious, glorious day uh, that is going to be. I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like to see Jesus for the first time. We've seen him in his word, but now we're going to see the word, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world, that you and I might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. What a day, what a glorious, wonderful day that is going to be. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to take them and turn uh, to the book of Galatians, chapter number six. And while you're finding your place, I do want to thank the pastor for having us and inviting us to come and to do this scripture assembly. Uh, you are veterans when it comes to putting the scriptures together, and we're very, very thankful for Malbrook Baptist Church, for your preacher and the people that will be working on these scriptures and accomplishing this in the next couple of days. And then Wednesday night when we dedicate them to the Lord, pray over them and ask the Lord to use them. Uh, he's given us a promise, and we claim that promise that the entrance of his word is going to give light. And we also have that promise that his word will not return to him void. Wherever it goes, God is going to accomplish what he wants to do. Well, let's bow our hearts together in a word of prayer, and then I'll bring the message the Lord has laid upon my heart for this morning. Loving Father, we do thank you for the privilege of being here at Malbrook. Uh, we thank you for the many memories and friends that we have, and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of coming back and working on scriptures once again. And I pray that you would make these next days, if you tarry your coming, profitable, enabling us to complete this scripture project, get it ready to go to the mission field, uh, to reach others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come before your throne of grace this morning, we thank you uh, that we can come boldly thanking you, Lord, and praising you for the many benefits and blessings that you have placed upon us. I pray as we open our Bibles today, the Holy Spirit will direct us and help us in all that we do and say to bring honor and glory to your precious name. And it's our earnest prayer, our sincere prayer, Lord, that you'd save the lost and encourage and bless your children and we'll thank you for what you do because we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. What are you doing with the life that God has given to you? I, I turned 77 this year, and some of you are a little bit older than that, and some of you, a whole lot of you, are a lot younger than that. But what, what are you doing with the life that God has given to you? Are, are you investing your life or... Are you wasting away the days of your life and will have nothing to account for the gracious gift that God has given to you? Life is a gift, isn't it? And every day that God gives us on the face of this earth is a day of blessing and a day that we get the opportunity as his people to serve him and to honor him and do what he has called us to do. I'm sure you've heard that little phrase, only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will really last. The Lord Jesus in John chapter 10, and Brother, uh, Brother Ramsey was talking about uh, John chapter 10 this morning. Uh, in that portion of Scripture, when he's talking about the sheep and he's talking about the shepherd, he also said this, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy, I am come that they might have life. Life. That, that life, that eternal life that he's given to us is a saved life. It's a life of victory. It's a life of forgiveness. 
It's a life of service that we have that we can render to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on in that verse to say, and they that have that life, that they might have it more abundantly. God doesn't want us to be deadheads when it comes to serving him. He doesn't want us to sit on the stump and say, I shall not be moved. God wants us to be busy and working and serving and getting this job done for the glory of God. I, I was thinking as Pastor Tilly was telling us about the scripture assembly, I, I'd like to take him on the road with us and announce every church, to every church, this assembly that we do. Uh, unfortunately, some of these churches that we go into, some of the preachers, when they begin to announce the assembly, are a, a bunch of deadheads. Uh, but your preacher had some life about him. He had some gumption about him. And, and he, he really stirred the fires and, and, and stirred the embers of our heart when we think about this scripture assembly. But the Lord has given us life. And that life is to be lived for his glory. And he said, I want you to enjoy that life and use that life abundantly for his honor and glory. So what kind of a life are you living? Are you really living a saved life, a victorious life, and a life of forgiveness? Or are you living a life that is in bondage to this world? When I think about that, I, I, I think about a life of lust and a, a life of jealousy and a life of anger, a, a life that is being wasted on bitterness and a life that is being wasted on pride and arrogancy and worldliness. I, I'm thankful that we have abundant life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't think for one moment that you can neglect that life and not pay consequences for your neglect concerning the life that God has given to you. There, there's a price to pay, a price to pay, and we need to guard this life very carefully for the Lord. The Apostle Paul said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says that in Galatians chapter 5 and in verse number 1. And when he talks about standing fast, he's talking about being firm. He's talking about being convincing. He's talking about being steadfast and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that we have been set free from this bondage, that we're no longer obligated to sin. Isn't that good news? I don't think you caught that one. Let me run it by you one more time. You and I in the family of God are not obligated to sin. We've been set free from that life. And the only reason sin would ever be in your life or my life is because we gave it permission to be there. Paul is saying, don't, don't be entangled in that life again. You've been set free from that bondage. Because of that, you need to follow the Lord and you need to serve the Lord and you need to live in obedience to the Lord and you need to make sure that your life is pleasing to the Lord. So the question, are you really investing your life or are you wasting away your days doing absolutely nothing for the glory of God? Paul proposed the question but the Apostle Paul also gives us insight on how to invest our life and not waste our life. And he tells us through chapter 5 and chapter 6 some things that will help you to live to the glory of God. You know, one of the first things that he tells us is that if you want to invest your life, then you need to live in love and not hate. There's a lot of hate in the world, isn't there? There's a lot of things that have divided families today. A lot of things that have even divided churches today. And, and has created an atmosphere of, of hate and animosity and jealousy in the hearts of multitudes of people. He tells us in verse number 13, For brethren, by the way, he's talking to Christians here, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not that liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but... By love, serve one another. 
Preacher was talking about these volunteers that have gone down to the property and helped clear the property and, and put gravel on the property and have mowed the grass around the property that will be moving the picnic tables to the property and the individuals that will help put up the tent. That, that's serving one another. I, I understand we're going downstairs as soon as I'm finished. We're going to partake of a meal. The table will be spread, and I've never never been at a fellowship supper here that the table wasn't spread. Did you make coconut cake? Did you make carrot cake? You're on the ball then. We're, we're serving one another. We're being an encouragement to one another. Paul goes a step further and he said, if you really want to invest your life and not waste your life, then live and walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Verse number 16, he says this, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What a glorious walk we have and can experience in, in our walk and fellowship with the Lord. Paul said, if you want to invest your life and not waste it, then live bearing the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. In verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there's no law. If you want to invest your life, then lift up the fallen, according to Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Kick them out of the church. Throw them out the front door. No, throw them out the back door. You know, any time a church has to discipline church and exercise church discipline, it's never for the purpose of isolation. It's always for the purpose of restoration. Did you get that? Don't ever lose sight of that. Paul said, you, you need to lift up the fallen. You need to encourage them and get them back to where they need to be in the work and service of the Lord. Then he talks about sowing and reaping. If you want to invest your life, not waste your life, then sow good things. He tells us in verse number 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then he goes a little bit further and he said, If you want to invest your life and not waste it, then live boasting in the cross. Look what he says in verse number 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. What I really want to deal with this morning is sowing and reaping. It's a principle that applies to both the saved and the unsaved. Whatever a man sows, the Bible says, that's what he's going to reap. You sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. You sow to the spirit, you're going to reap spiritual things in your life. It's a principle that we reap what we sow. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> I was in a meeting this summer, Brother Ramsey, uh, with a southern preacher. I mean deeper south than what we are right now. And uh, one of the things that he would do as he was preaching is he would say, come on now, come on now. I, I need a little help here. I need a little help here. Yeah. And what he was asking for was amens. Yeah. So let me run this by you one more time. It's a principle in scripture that we reap what we sow. Yeah. Well, now you're getting it there. But when you die off, I'll be back to, come on now, I'll need a little help here. That's good news for those that sow good things, and it's bad news for those that sow bad things. So you better be careful what you're sowing in your life. We all sow right things, and we sow bad things. And there's consequences to what we sow. Don't think for one moment that you can ne neglect your Bible and not pay a consequence of that. Don't think for one moment that you can neglect coming to church and not pay a consequence for that. 
Don't think for one moment that you can neglect your prayer closet and fail to pray and everything is going to be all right. Whatsoever man sows, that will he also reap. Don't think for one moment that you can neglect your family and think that everything is going to turn out all right. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. It's a principle that you find in Scripture that applies to both the saved and the lost. That principle also says that we reap more than we sow. Not only do we reap what we sow, but many times we reap more than what we sow. Now, you're going to sow, I don't know how many scriptures this week uh, that we'll finally get together. I, I, I know we've got a bunch of them on the truck, and, and uh, if you come out and work, and we can do a lot of scriptures this week. You're sowing seed. And they tell me for every one of those books that we send to the foreign mission field, between seven and ten people will reap from that one book. What would you call that? reaping more than what we sowed? If we sow 20,000 books and, and send them to the mission field as seeds to reach lost people for Christ, uh, two sevens is 14. That's 140,000 people that we would reach with the gospel just from 20,000 of those books. If we, if we sow... Uh, 20,000 and 10 people read each of those books, that means we're going to reap a harvest of reaching 200,000 people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. So we reap what we sow, and it's a very clear principle in life that we reap more than what we sow. So how are you sowing? If you don't think there's a consequence to this, just ask Achan how he reaped. He took the forbidden spoils, hid him in his tent, went out to battle the next time. 36 of his people died because of Achan's disobedience. Not only did 36 people die that was in the army, but... His entire family was destroyed and ruined and their lives was put to death because of Achan's disobedience. Not only that, all the spoils and things that he thought was really important and was going to bring pleasure to his life, it was all burned up and done away with. Oh, there was a consequence to his decision. The truth of the matter is we reap what we sow and we reap more than what we sow. But it's also a principle that we reap later than what we sow. Just because you do something today and nothing happens doesn't mean it's still there waiting to visit you. The chickens will come home to roost one of these days. So, so you better be careful what you're sowing because we reap what we sow, we reap more than what we sow, and it's possible to reap later than what we sow. So how can we prevent that from happening in our life? How can we make sure that we're investing our life and not wasting our life and that we'll reap the good things that God has for us? There's three simple things that Paul tells us in this passage of Scripture that help me, and I trust it'll help you as well. The first thing that he says, don't be deceived. He says that in verse number six, or verse number seven. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. When he talks about being deceived, he's talking about being led astray. He's talking about being hoodwinked into believing and embracing something, and you're seeing it from the wrong angle and from the wrong side of things. Paul said, if you really want to invest your life and come out on the winning side of these things, then you need to make sure that you are not deceived. You know, there's a lot of people deceived about salvation. They think, if I joined the church, that's good enough. I'm surely going to heaven. You'll split hell wide open if you're trusting in your church membership to get you there. Well, 
I've taken Holy Communion. I, I go to church on Sundays and, and I read my Bible occasionally and I, I think certainly that, that outweighs my bad deeds. And so when God does the examination of my life, he's going to say, enter in. You've been a pretty good Joe. Be all right. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. We're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. A lot of people deceived about this matter of salvation. A lot of people deceived about this matter of the scriptures. We, we refer to all these modern translations as uh, being versions of the Bible. I, I stopped referring to the King James, Brother Rick. I, I stopped referring to it, Brother Tilly. I stopped referring to it as the King James Version. And I refer to it as the King James Bible. You go to the bookstore and you try to buy a Bible and boy, they, you're going to be hard pressed to find a King James Bible. Uh, they, they try to push off the NIV, the RSV, the PDD and any other D that you can find. But I want to go with the KJB. God promised to preserve his word and I believe we have it right here. Preserved by God the very words that he spoke. A lot of people deceived about the scriptures today. A lot of people deceived about sin and the consequences that it has in an individual's life. And I, I, I think the, the, the more of the influence of the world that creeps into the church, it's easy to get deceived about this matter of sin. Well, if I just stay a certain distance from the world, then I, I certainly will be okay. No, Things haven't changed according to God's word. If it was wrong 20 years ago or going back to the 1900s when the, the church was down on the river, if it was wrong then, it's still wrong today. If it come out of the Bible, God doesn't change his mind and alter his opinion about sin. God hates sin. He doesn't want it present in the life of his followers. Are you hearing me, church? Come on now, I need a little help here. Little help. Some are really enjoying this, I can tell. <laughs> the soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's what the Bible says. Every time you pass a graveyard, it's testifying. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Every time you see a hearse running up and down the streets, you just remind yourself, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Every time you open the paper, and I usually check the paper every once in a while to see if my name is in the obituary column. But every time you read one of those, it's reminding us the soul that sinneth is going to die. There's a consequence to sin, isn't there? Sin will hurt your prayer life. I don't want anything hindering my prayer life. I need answers from God. We think about this big world that we're to reach, over 7 billion people in the world. And we're trying to provide Bibles for the world. Do you know that over half of this world has never seen one verse of Scripture translated in their language? Whose fault's that? It's ours. It's the church's fault. We, we are the caretakers of the Word of God, not the world. Do you know that some of the presses that print Bibles like this also print pornography? Our printing press has never printed anything but the Bible. And by the grace of God, never will. Never will. Sin will hurt your prayer life. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know what else it will do? Sin will hinder your fellowship with the Lord. He tells us in 1 John 1, 3, that which we have seen and heard declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And then he goes a step further a few verses later and he said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, you're a bold liar. Those two don't walk down the same street. You don't have sin on one hand and God on the other hand and you're compatible with the Lord. Sin destroys our fellowship with him. 
So it hurts our prayer life. It hurts our fellowship. And sin quenches the Spirit. We, we need the power of the Spirit of God in our meetings, don't we? We need that power. The Lord himself taught us that without me, ye can do nothing. Whatever we attempt to do for God and we do it without his help and his strength and his power and the working of the Holy Spirit, it's going to go to naught. It's not going to last. It won't bear fruit. We need the power of the Spirit of God in our life, working in our services to accomplish that which is impossible for you and I to accomplish. So the Bible says, quench not the Spirit. Don't suppress and hinder the Spirit from doing what He wants to do. Sin gives way to more sin. You sin today and you got by with it? I think I can just broaden that a little bit and, and, and do a little bit more of that. It's not going to hurt me. Well, sin has consequences. And it just leads the way to more sin. Just think about David. That, that one act, that one moment of adultery. Did his sin stop there? No. One long till he decided he needed to get rid of Uriah because he didn't fall into David's scheme of covering up his sin. So he put him on the front line of the battle and wanted to make sure that he was in the fiery darts of the enemy. And sure enough, Uriah died led to sin. Did it stop there? No, no. God told David, the sword is never going to depart from your home. Child's going to die. You're going to have trouble all the days of your life. Yeah. Sin gives way to, to more sin. So if you really want to invest your life and not waste your life, don't be deceived about these things. Could I give you a second one? Thank you, I was going to. The second thing that if you want to make sure you're investing your life and not wasting your life, don't get discouraged. He tells in verse number nine, and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now I listened to the preacher this morning make all these announcements. The things that you're going to be doing today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and then next Sunday, that's down at the property, if I understand right. And uh, then there's other things that are, that are coming, and uh, then it won't be long till we're into Thanksgiving, and there'll be a Thanksgiving meal here at the church and, and uh, have a celebration. Then you're into Christmas. You could probably have a Christmas cantata and have to get ready for that. And then there'll be a big Christmas party and pass out, you still pass out the candy to the kids and load those bags down. That's the day I like to come and be here and be a part of that when they pass out the candy. There are a lot of things going on, isn't there? I mean, he plans a busy schedule for you. Don't get discouraged because of that. Roll up your sleeves and thank God you have a church that's doing something. Don't get weary in what you're doing and, 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 and realize that it's going to reap a blessing for you in the days to come. He uses two words here that describe somebody uh, that is discouraged. He uses the word weary. That word simply means become exhausted and give up. When I think about putting up tents, taking down tents, moving picnic tables, mowing lawns, putting gravel down, think about preparing a meal and going and doing all of these things, I get weary. I get exhausted, don't you? To prevent discouragement in your life, don't get weary. Don't get weary. And then he uses that word faint. That means to be weakened. It means to lose strength. Did you ever try to get up on Sunday morning and think, man, I just don't know. These bones don't want to work anymore. I think I've told you before, every, every morning I get up, there's a battle between my left leg and my right leg as to who's going to hit the deck first. And they argue back and forth. I hit the deck first yesterday, Mr. Left. It's your turn to hit the deck first. No, 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 no. I did it yesterday. It's your turn today. These old bones just don't want to work sometimes. We've got to convince them to get up and get going and, 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 and moving on. 
To be faint-hearted means to lose strength and to grow weak and become faint, falling by the wayside. I don't want that to happen to me. Do you want that to happen to you? Paul said if you want to make sure you're investing your life and not wasting your life, then don't get discouraged. There's a lot of people that are discouraged today and want to give up and, 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 and they just don't want to keep on going. I know the ministry is tiring. We work day in and day out and uh, sometimes seven days a week and 30 days a month. and I mean, it's going and going and going and going. You get tired in that and frustrated sometimes and discouraged sometimes. But I'll tell you how to keep going. Just remember, payday's coming. Payday's coming. And it's going to be worth it all when we hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It pays to be faithful. Come on now, I need a little help here. It pays to pray. It, it pays to give. It pays to serve the Lord. It pays to win the loss to Christ. It pays to send missionaries around the world. It, it pays to come to church. It pays to be at peace with one another. It's going to pay great dividends in your life when you're able to get along with each other. No one wants to be a part of a church that's fussing and feuding and fighting all the time. No one wants to be a part of that. You want to come on to this campus and feel the presence of the Lord and know the power of the Lord and, and be at peace with one another, not looking for someone to walk through the door that's going to upset your apple cart and make you want to leave. Got to be at peace with one another. It pays to be that way. It, it, it pays to be an encourager, not a downer. It pays to know the truth, to follow the truth, and to share the truth with the whole world. So God says you're going to reap if you don't faint. Payday will come if you just stay in the battle. It's going to reap dividends in your life. You just stay faithful and true. So are you investing your life or wasting your life? If so, then don't be deceived. Don't be discouraged. You want a third one? And then we'll go eat. Don't get distracted. Look what Paul says in verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of God. See that little word opportunity there? That, that, that's something that has time attached to it. That, that, that little word opportunity has obligation attached to it. And, and, and God is telling us in that passage of Scripture, don't get distracted from the opportunities that God has given to you because there's a time limit to that opportunity. You know, we can't go back and redo what has already been done. Can't do it. The time that we wasted and thrown in the pit of destruction, we can't, we can't regain it. And I'm sure that we've all, one time or another, been at that point where we say, I, I just don't understand where all the time has gone, where all the years and months and days have gone. I can't, I, I can't believe that we're just about to the end of October already this year. Where, where, where did this year go to? Dee said to me the other day, where, where, what happened to summer? Did we miss it? Opportunity has time attached to it. And if you miss it, you can't go back and regain it. You can't resurrect it. All you can do is what's before you right now. When, when you really stop to think about that, 
there's a day coming when opportunities will be all gone. Can you agree with that? Can you say amen to that? Amen. One day we're going to die. If the Lord tarries is coming, I, I, I would just soon go by way of rapture than by way of the undertaker. I just can't picture myself lying in that casket and everyone coming by and saying to me, doesn't he look so natural? <laughs> that just doesn't appeal to me, Randy, at all. That just that doesn't make me... And I don't understand why we say, boy, the, boy, the undertaker's done a good job on that one. Uh, I just, it just doesn't, just doesn't resonate with me when I, when I start thinking about that. Um, and I, I, I can't, I, I can't, uh, I can't cozy up to the fact of throwing me in a furnace and then putting me in a bottle. I can't cozy up to that either. If I'm going to die, put me in the ground because I know the ground's going to open. He didn't say anything about opening a lid on a bottle, he, but he did say about the graves opening and, and the dirt coming off and, and, and those that are in those graves are going to be resurrected from the dead. So one day we're going to die and all opportunity will be gone. You remember that little phrase that we started with? Only what's done for Christ is going to last. We only have one life. Only what's done for Christ is really going to last. And I'm thankful that God has given us a great open door of opportunity to do something for him. This, this is not C.H. Spurgeon's day. It's our day, Brother Ramsey. It's our day, Brother Tilly. It's our day, Brother Stroop, Brother Matt. It's our day. We, we've got to do something with it. it. It's not Oliver B. Green's day. His day's over. It's done. He's, he's with the Lord. It's not Moody's day. It's our day. It's Marlbrook Baptist Church's day. So what are you going to do with it? If you're going to invest your life, then you dare not waste it. And the only way that you waste it is to become discouraged and, and distracted and deceived about these important matters of life. The Bible talks about that open door and great opportunity in 1 Corinthians 16, 9 and says that there's also many adversaries. We go into spiritual battle when God has called us to do something and, and we are reluctant to do it. We're engaged in spiritual battle at that time. Satan is the one that's behind preventing it, stopping it, and keeping the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. He told the church at Philadelphia, a great open door is before you. And I say to Malbrook Baptist Church, a great open door is before you. Are you going to go through that door? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to serve him? Get this job done for the glory of God? Paul said, we have therefore opportunity. Let's do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of God. Serve faithfully, serve fervently, keep the fires burning in your soul, press on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Every member of the church needs to be there. Every person saved by the grace of God needs to be there. Everyone whose name's written in the Lamb's book of life needs to be enrolled in that campaign of reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we neglect it, We'll pay a terrible price for it. I want to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't you? If that's the case, don't be deceived. If that's the case, don't get discouraged. If that's the case, don't get distracted in these days in which we live. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. So we come to the invitation this morning. Obviously, if you're here without the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, we'd like to take a Bible and show you how to become God's child. If you can't leave this place with absolute assurance and confidence in your heart that if you were to die today, you'd be with the Lord, you need to come. Let the preacher talk to you.
Let the preacher's wife talk to you. Let one of the ladies or one of the fellows of this church take a Bible and show you what it is to be born again. Maybe you're a Christian here this morning and you've just kind of took your foot off the pedal. You're not moving forward the way that you ought to and serving the Lord the way you need to. Maybe, maybe you've been deceived about some things. Maybe you've been discouraged about some things. Maybe you've got distracted. I want to invite you to come and gather around this altar this morning and let's pray one with the other and pray for each other that God would just stir the embers of our heart, fill us with a passion that only he can create, that we might serve him faithfully till the day he calls us home. You listen to the Lord as he speaks to your heart this morning. Father, I pray that you'd bless this invitation. If there's folks here that need to be saved, oh, God, save their souls. If there's Christians that have become discouraged and distracted, I pray that they'd see the great door of opportunity that's open to them, that they go through that door, and together we would serve the Lord till Jesus comes and calls us home to be with him. Speak to hearts today. While the instrument is playing this morning, if God's speaking to your heart, we encourage you to come and let's do business with the Lord this morning. quoted that quote as he started his message only one life only what's done for Christ will last only one life will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your savior I hate to put it to you this way but your life is being wasted God created you to have a relationship with him. He created you to live your life in fellowship with him. And if you're here this morning, you've never accepted him as Savior, you're wasting the life that God has given you. Christians, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get distracted. Boy, I'm telling you what, especially in our day, and I'm not saying we live in the worst day. There's been people faced a lot harder things than we've faced. There's people facing harder things than we face now. But in our day, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get distracted. But you know what? If God created you and I to live in this day, then that means we are the best equipped people to cope with what's going on in our day. God has equipped us for the day that we live in and we need not allow discouragement and distraction to keep us from investing our lives in the cause of Christ. Boy, I tell you, Brother Hummel, thank you for that message. What a challenge. What a challenge. Let's invest our lives in the cause of Christ. Only what we do for him will last. And of course, if you want to get a jump start on that, 
A good way to invest is after the dinner, we're going to be putting scriptures together. And you can invest some, some of your time into assembling those scriptures so that they can be sent around the world and people can come to know the Lord as their Savior. So, boy, I tell you what, thank you, Brother Hummel. Thank you for the message. Yes, sir. Uh, I didn't mention our table is over there. You can see some of the things that we have done. And uh, also we have uh, our newsletter over there. Uh, if you do not receive it and would like to receive it, just make sure we get your name and address. Amen. Thank you, Brother Hummel. Yes, they are. Quite a few things that they are printing now. Birthday cards, greeting cards, gospel tracts. There's uh, New Testaments, very affordable. All kinds of things. Take time to go over there and look at that. And then if we could have several men uh, meet Brother Stroop at the truck as soon as we're finished praying. Remember, many hands make light work. All right? So if a bunch of guys could meet us over at the truck, we'll get those materials carried in. Brother Rick, would you pray and ask the Lord to dismiss us? Our Father, we're so grateful for your blessings and the joy of being in the house of the Lord this day. Thank you for all that our ears have heard from Sunday school through the preaching service. Father, help us to be careful to guard our hearts and minds in this, about deception. Lord, help us fight discouragement. Lord, uh, help us to uh, not be uh, distracted in the work that you've given us, but stay with it, stay faithful, do what you've given us to do, for we know that our window of opportunity is free. Thank you for your servant and his preaching, and Lord, I pray you would bless throughout this week as the work is done. Bless each one, I pray. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.